The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode 18, where we will discuss idol worship. With me today are Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having hey. us. Good to be here. So listeners don't know this, but it is early in the morning, and our voices have not adjusted to the morning yet, mm-hmm. so if we sound extra soothing... <laughs> <laughs> that is why this is a little more base. This isn't the Delilah show. This is not the Delilah there. show. Shout and out. also, it's early in the morning. Bobby's drinking coffee, not from an EC mug. That's true. So. That is true. Well, the EC mugs must stay at home. How does that fit? Really? Oh, is that a good fit? My wife you? is going to destroy me if I say this on on the air. But it does feel good. I'll just say that. If you know, you know. If you, yes, if you know, you know. So today, guys, we are. <laughs> Already fallen off the train. <laughs> Get us back. But we are going to talk about idol worship hmm. and idolatry. And it's a word that we know that most of our listeners, you know, and understand. But we want to kind of just go through this because it is something that is easy for us to fall into time and time again. Hmm. And so um, let's just start off with throwing out some information about what is an idol what is idolatry? Just to kind of lay a foundation that we can scaffold upon. Sure. Um, what I would say is, if we do not have time for the things of God, then what we do have time for is an idol. Um, basically, whatever takes takes up God's time and God's worship, you know, and precedence and our time and our money, um, our our affections. I think that is what becomes an idol, and and I think. You know, we were literally just talking about this with our class on Wednesday night, so maybe one or two of the folks will listen to this, so it won't be too bad. <laughs> but what I'm thinking is, is um, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. You know, I, I know we'll go to certain places. You know, you think of pornography, you think of gambling, you think of drunkenness, all these other things. But it can also be family. It can also be your work, you know, and you can justify uh, justify it like crazy. You know, well, I would have worked more. So my family has all this and that, and I've got to have this certain standard of living, but then you're actually forsaking your God given, um, responsibility to love and lead your family. Um, so it just continues to go and it flows into every area of life. I'm, I'm really looking forward to today because I think idol worship has so many facets. I don't, I don't know that we'll cover half of them, but I really pray that this this episode is very helpful for people because idol worship can really sneak up on us, and that's why it's such a dangerous, dangerous topic. Amen. Yeah, I think we could simply define it as divine honor given to a created object. So giving giving things our time, our effort, our energy that are not the Lord. So uh, I actually sent a song to the group last night as I was looking over this. 
a song called Clear the Stage, I think, by Jimmy Needham. Boy, that's a classic. Classic. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a honestly a, like a wonderful song. Maybe not so much to sing in worship, but to prepare your heart. Mm-hmm. And he gets a, a part in the song where he just says, anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I love with all my heart is an idol. Um, anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. Like those are the things, if it's not God, it, even <clears throat> as pastor said, could be a good thing. Um, but if it's before God, it, it's an idol. Just simple definition. Thank you for that. So I got this quote from John Piper. He says that idolatry is the activity of the human heart. And I, I like these words he uses. It's craving, wanting, enjoying, or being satisfied by anything that you treasure more than God. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're going to see, we're going to just jump right into Scripture, is what the Bible says about idol worship. And I think you're going to see that. We see it all throughout the Bible. And I want to make this point before we start. Things in and of themselves are not idols. It's us that create the idol out of the thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, let's let's just go straight to Scripture and, and start looking at some areas where... Uh, we see some idolatry. I mean, we see it spanned from um, the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. And so, like Aaron said earlier, we're probably not even going to get to half of the things we, we could talk about, um, but we do want to give you just some examples from Scripture today. Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, starting in verse 7, says, You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, verse 8, You shall have... You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to, to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Um, The Lord, uh, to me, uh, this is saying, uh, like what uh, Bobby just mentioned, is it's not necessarily um, the, the object, it's what you do with that object. Um, like if you, uh, you're worshiping the creature versus the creator. Um, and that's, an, um, uh, you know, because God says he is a jealous God. He's not going to uh, share his glory with anyone. Uh, and anytime, to me, uh, <clears throat> anytime somebody starts with, um, I want or you know uh, I need something uh, that's greater than the Lord uh, then you've created yourself an idol Um, I want uh, uh, sex more than I want the Lord I want alcohol more than I want the Lord Um, then those are uh, idols in your life. And it's interesting interesting to me that the first couple of uh, commandments in the Bible are about idols. 
Uh, the, that tells me uh, God is serious about idol worship. And in First uh, John 5, uh, 21, uh, the Apostle John wrote, Little children, keep yourself from idols. There's a, it's a running theme in the Bible of us to abstain from that which is uh, uh, created rather than the creator. So if we think about, if I just gave us five seconds in the room, at home, wherever you're at listening, and we think about, we'll start in the Old Testament because that's where G started, and we do what G says because he got himself a new motorcycle, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so he's the boss. And if we start there and we say, use the words idolatry and um, Old Testament, the first thing I think of is the worship of the golden calf. Right, uh, so they basically get all the gold in the in the area and create this this image. And so, G's right. He's he's mentioning the commandments in the Old Testament. Um, we see like not to make any sort of image to worship that idolatry piece in there. Um, so it's not just this new idea. It's something that's been going on forever. In our prep, we were talking about the Israelites just continuing to fall into this over and over and over despite the goodness of God throughout. And so <clears throat> I think as we continue talking about this, we need to realize it's something that is an ongoing issue. It's a, it's a hard issue. What's, what's so interesting about the, the passage and the, narr- the narrative there in Exodus 32 is it's not just that the Israelites go to Aaron and you know they're like, hey, Moses, he's been away we need to kind of get going life. It's not just that they construct a golden calf. What's really concerning to me, what should really open our eyes to what happens is Aaron, uh, erects this, uh, statue. Well, didn't it just jump out of the fire though? <laughs> right. That's what he says. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have to, we lie about it, but it wasn't I mean, me. It's his defense. <laughs> right. Just threw it in. And yeah. <laughs> solid, solid defense. I mean, Moses might have thought that after, you know, like God just like came down on fire with right. him, you know, anything could happen, right. right? So, <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. no, <laughs> but this, so this golden calf is there, but then he says, this is your God who brought you up out of the land of the, uh, of the Egyptians, who delivered you from slavery. It's not just that they make a God from their own hands, it's that they worship it, giving it like attributing to it the things that God has done for them. And like we, we go, man, that's so dumb. That's so crazy. Who could ever do that? But then how many times do we look to things made with maybe not exactly our own hands all the times, but many times things created by other people, sometimes even our ourselves. And we, we are looking to it and longing for those things to give us what only God can mm. to, to save us from self, to save us from sin. We might not say it out loud, but the way that we uh, posture ourselves before these things reveals that we are longing to get from these things what only God can give. And, and that's the ultimate problem that you see in Exodus 32. Yeah. Well, first, first Chronicles 16, 26 says, 
For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Okay, so so starting like when G said in the right in the beginning in the Ten Commandments, uh, just as we start to rock on through those, every one of them is beating down the idea of having an idol or or elevating anything to the per, uh, place of God. What what the problem was it, with the children of Israel is our problem as well. We would rather have the comfort and slavery of Egypt than the wilderness and Jesus. And and we prove that every day. Um, I'll try to say this without using strong language, but at the same time, it's like, it's so annoying. You can tell how spoiled you are by what you whine about, right? Mm -hmm. And we are a people who are upset with the temperature of our food, how it comes out, you know, what time it comes out when there's people literally dying because they're drinking mud for water all around the world. Um, we have no perspective of our blessing. You know, the common grace of God, we give credit for ourselves. Well, guess what? If you go to the gym and you're chiseled, look at the work you did. Look at how amazing you are, right? All these other things that, that are good, body uh, exercise, it profiteth a little, right? But at the same time, who you attribute all that you have to, right? Like so many times we take our good gifts that we've been given by God and and we just mutilate the whole idea. We remove God from the equation. We take the glory. We give someone else the glory. And it is our God in the heavens who has given us these good and perfect gifts. So we steal his rightful worship with the breath that he gives us. It's the, it's the ultimate in blasphemy. And we do it every day with different things. And so that, this is another area of our lives where we need to be asking God to reveal to us our hearts to search our hearts and to show us so we can put these things to death because if you realize it or not if we're stealing his glory we're taking what's rightfully his that he purchased with his own blood we need to take that seriously and we've talked about this in a past episode if if we go to galatians um, we see idolatry listed in those things that are the lust of the flesh right We've, we've beat that horse over and over in here it seems like it always comes up. Well, it's because it's such a big deal because our lust of our flesh just takes us over so often. In verse 21, though, um, we see some pretty strong language that says, I warn you as I warned you before. So, you know, it's happened multiple times. It just keeps happening. (laughs) That those who do such things, those lust of the flesh, which are things um, that we know, sexual immorality, impurity, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, but idolatry is listed in there. And so those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's some pretty strong language. And then after that, we see the fruit of the Spirit. Um, But again, this comes up another week that we're recording, that the lust of the flesh uh, creeps in. And in this case, we're focusing on the idolatry part where we're putting something above our love and admiration for the creator of all things. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is basically going back to Exodus 32, how quickly we forget and how, you know, just as pastor Aaron said, also, I appreciate Aaron, you going like KJV on us, prophetess. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. That's, uh, how, that's what I memorized. <laughs> I love it. Again. it I love stays it. with me. <laughs> it's it extra holy on that side prophetith. of it. Some of my favorites. Yeah. Sometimes it just hits different, you know? <laughs> it hits different. <laughs> yeah, different. <laughs> it does. But the problem is, 
and the Israelites are such they're they're good examples of us. Mm-hmm. Like I think we get so mad at them, but often they're the exact reflection of us. You have they're attributing to the golden calf that which only God can do and has done. And then, I mean, they're barely out of the wilderness before even Mount Sinai. And they're just like Aaron was alluding to, they're going, you brought us out here to die, Moses. We'd rather be enslaved in Egypt. You'd rather be a slave than free with God. Like it's, it's crazy. But then all we are constantly fighting that battle is we would rather be enslaved to our own passions and lusts and worshiping things that that can't save that we literally made, you know, I think we'll get to that in a minute. Like Isaiah really hits that hammer hard, like or hits that nail hard with, uh, with, with the hammer of God's word by being like, you all are crazy. Did you not just make this thing and you're worshiping it? Like how absurd is that? But we quickly do it because why? Because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think because we like control, we like to, we like to feel like we've done something and that's why it's so easy to worship that which either we've directly made or that which we've seen made and it it grabs us and we have to constantly fight by fixing our eyes and our affections on the god who has done what he's done for us and who is definitely worthy of all of our praise yeah yeah no it, it, what you're referring to johnny isaiah chapter 2 verse 8 and then basically a big portion of isaiah 44 uh 2.8 says, their land is filled with idols and they bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So it's <laughs> like, with, when you read through that whole narrative uh, and what God is explaining to us there, they literally go out, they grow up a tree, they, you know, they water it, everything comes up, they, they cut it down, they, they use part of it to fuel their, their cooking of their food, they use the rest of it to form an idol, they throw the rest away, and then they bow down and worship to it. You know, their their God can't save. Their God was made by their own hands. They fashioned it, and yet they're worshiping it. They're attributing it to it what should only be given to God, and that's worship. And again, like like we've said, we take all these common grace good things. Sex is a good thing in marriage and in context, but instead we run rampant with it. We've got to find it, and we... We gotta. We can gotta go to a search in a second and be into sin. Um, we can. We can gaze at people. You know, like we love to whine about. You know how they look or what how they dress, which is a whole another issue. But at the same time, you know, if you you continually look at people, you know, and you're lusting upon them, you're in sin. You're taking a good thing, and which our world does well, and we fall into, and you're turning it into something and you're using it as an idol. And, and so what's really sad is um, how many times we see this happen. You know, we fashioned it and yet we give it the glory. <laughs> you know, it, it's not like it's e- eternal. It's not like it's, it's all powerful. It's something that we've made. I mean, it goes from sports, right, to, or to uh, social media. I think Gary's going to talk about that for a minute. Um, just all these things that can be used for good that we can leverage for the glory of God. And instead we turn it into our life. And I know, I know Johnny's referred to it many times. I know, uh, Vody, uh, is where I've heard it, but you know, if we teach our kids to hit a baseball, but not to discern the word of God, then we've failed them. Yeah. Right. 
Like we've, even as Christian parents, I, we were listening to a podcast this week that Vody was doing a talk where he was doing about homeschooling and stuff and teaching your kids. And there's literally 14,000 seed hours that our kids have from K through 12. And yet we're afraid to talk about Jesus at home. Like, are we even combating that? Right? Like we've allowed others to take over the education of our kids without even giving them a worldview that would attack or combat what they're facing day to day. So it's like, it just flows into all these areas of life. And we must be sure that we're fine. We're grounding everything with the word of God in a way that it is combative with the sin and the idols that come up. Yeah. And uh, what, what I'm reminded of, I can't remember who said it, but when I think of the passages in Isaiah two and Isaiah 40, Isaiah 44, Jeremiah two, you have basically the absurdity of worshiping an idol, right? I, I, Isaiah 40 I mean, honestly, people should probably just stop listening for a second, pause it, and just read it. Because the Lord is like, who would you liken to me? An idol? Like a silver man crafts it and overlays it with silver. I'm the one who made the heavens and the earth. And you have this whole amazing passage. But I, I can't remember who said it, but they said, look, if your house is burning down and you have to run in and save the God you worship, that God cannot save you. And, and that's what we do. Yeah, we might not have uh, an image of, of Baal up in our home, but look, if you have to run in and save a baseball bat, <laughs> then baseball's not going to save you. You know, uh, we could talk a lot about sports and things like that. And look, I love sports. I coach soccer. I, you know, I, I've given a lot of time to sports in my life. But one thing that was, I remember specifically my dad doing this, and I'm very thankful for it. We were at a competitive soccer tournament and um, they were thinking about firing our coach because we weren't winning every tournament and we weren't good enough to. And it's all these um, very wealthy people from West Knoxville, you know, and then the South Knoxville kid that rides up in the Dodge Caravan from 1994. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all, they're all having a meeting about firing the coach, the parents are. And my dad with me standing right beside him said, Look, everyone, none of our kids will ever play professional soccer. Probably none of them will go to college and play soccer. <laughs> and I kind of looked at my dad like, wait, what? And <laughs> dad's like, you're not big enough. You're not good enough. But it was so profound to me because it's like, yeah, there's a way to like, and obviously some people are, but we're given time and time and time and energy to kids to do things that will not benefit them in the long run. And we will gladly do that for dreams that aren't even attainable. Well, what if we poured our time and our effort, not in, just into our kids, but in our own lives, uh, to things that matter? I mean, put, put God in the place that he rightfully deserves. Mm -hmm. And that was very profound for me. I mean, I remember in seventh grade and being like, wow, maybe this isn't life. You know, like it, it really helped me. I still love playing, but it was just a different, it was a different thing. And I'm thankful for the lesson I learned there. And I mean, I've had very difficult conversations with like my own students here at church being like, look, it's okay that you might not make it. And that's okay. What, what are you going to do when the game stops? What are you going to do when there's no music anymore? What are you going to do when that's not there? Um, 
you can do something now that will matter forever. And, and that's what we want to point you to. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the direction we want to go here is what does that, what does idol worship look like today in our own lives? And I think Gary's got some stuff he's going to add here and all of us can kind of jump in um, because you're right. It's literally a part of who we are. We, we elevate everything, unfortunately, um, to a spot above our love and worship of, of God. In Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, uh, the Bible says, What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new um, uh, today that wasn't done in the past. People uh, built houses back then, and would say, look what I made with my own hands. People today can do the same thing. Uh, they could build a house and sit back and look, and oh, look what I built with my own hands. Uh, never giving God the, the uh, glory for the ability to be able to build that house. Um, with social media, um, it's uh, unbelievable in a sense, but it's it's rampant in our country how attached to a cell phone we are. Hmm. And we wait for a notification. We wait for uh, someone to like our page, to like our post. Um, and, and all the while, never giving God the glory for what he has given us. Uh, a tool to be able to um, to check on our friends, to uh, to pray for one another, to ask for prayer for one to for one another. Um, you know, giving God the glory for what for the tool He's given us to use for His glory, not for our amusement, not for our gain. And um, I myself was addicted to uh, video games for the longest time. And I've told this story before, but I think it needs to be said now. I neglected, uh, not only did I neglect my family, I neglected God. I would be at church at times and think, oh, and when I get home, I need to do uh, this on my video game. Not thinking about glorifying my God uh, for all that he has given me, my family, uh, my church, our church, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, it's, it's been a, uh, uh, a journey. And what I would say is this, that to break those habits, because I, I, for the longest time, and there's nothing, let me say this, there's nothing wrong with a video game. There's nothing wrong with a cell phone. It's how it's being used and it's how it's being uh, worshipped rather than worshipping the creator. Um, uh, if you, like, play a video game every once in a while with your buddy, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it's, 
I, I'm with my friends. I'm with my family. I'm at church. I can't wait to get home and play this video game. It's two different uh, worlds. And I would, I would say that um, if whatever you're doing, whether it be a video game, whether it be your work, whether it be um, uh, uh, whatever it is, if it takes the place of God in your life and you neglect to give God the glory for what he's given you, um, then you need to put it to death. And the only way to do that, my experience, what happened to me, is God um, got a hold of me. And, and, and I felt this before throughout the years, but the sense that, are you glorifying me? And that's all I needed to feel in my heart. Are you glorifying me? And everything uh, changed. And um, it was the, it was God who convicted me of my sin. Amen. The idol in my life brought me to my knees, and I was so sorry. Everything come flooding in. Mm. How I neglected my family. How I uh, neglected the church. Really, my brothers and sisters. Over uh, uh, something that's over a video game, something that's created, not the creator. Or and um, once I realized that, uh, from that moment to this, everything changed. Every, every, I, I um, every once in a while I'll play a video game because it's just a game, and that's all it is. It's just a game. It's not controlling my life. It's not. Um, it's not something that I worship. Um, I worship the creator or not the created. Yeah, I, I think it, what's kind of scary is that this, this literally could happen anywhere, yeah. like right. in our homes, marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, anywhere. It, it could happen here yeah. at, or there at your church, mm -hmm. too. Um, we oftentimes uh, think that we're in this safe box when we get to church but i you know a lot of times we create idols in churches based off of our traditions and i know we've <laughs> we've beat that one too and, uh, but they just keep coming true. up i think that we idolize our traditions or our performance or our experience or creativity or the person standing in the pulpit or the leader that's leading worship i mean this mm -hmm. this topic can literally infiltrate our lives at any moment if we're not careful. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite quotes that always comes to mind whenever we think of idol worship is, is one from John Piper where he says, one of the greatest uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove on the last day that prayerlessness was not from lack of time. Oh. And is that not the truth? It's like G said, you know, as soon as a, you know, a red one or three comes up on our phone, we've got to rock and roll get onto that and get it cleared and answered and, and all that. Thing. And, and what's really sad is, you know, we, how many times have people, you know, just don't have time to read, you know, and yet <laughs> it's a lie. What we have time for is our idol, even if it's our own self pity, you know, what, what we're seeing now, especially this time of year, school starts back, you know, we're seeing people just being so overwhelmed and stuff. And it's like, 
it seems like every day it's something about how someone's overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and it's okay if we get overwhelmed, but it's like all the time. And I'm like, listen, who are you resting in, child? Yeah. Like you're always overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Do you not? Are you not a child of the of the King? You know who owns all things, the one who gives you breath. Uh, sit back, chill out a minute. What instead? Like the idea that we have is as Christians, we should take dominion over all of God's good good gifts. And we should leverage them for the glory of his kingdom. Like, that's it. You know, like, we're so worried about, well, I don't want to post this on Facebook because someone will say, okay, it doesn't matter. Like, use what you have for the glory of God. How are you using your Twitter to worship the king? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going around and picking apart all kinds of stupid second secondary issues um, because they're your pet peeves? Or are you bringing glory to Christ? You know, are you one of those people? Or are you a Karen online? Or are you trying to lift up Christ online? Are you telling people you'll pray for him like G said? Are you, are you posting scripture? Are you posting truths that, have, that correlate with world events that are going on right now? Um, how are you using it? It's, it's like you said, Bobby. You know, we can idolize so many things, tradition in our church, even, again, good things. We, we should hold... I'm not saying this because I'm a preacher, but I, you just either the worship leader or people in leadership, we should hi- hold them in a high esteem and we should hold them to a higher standard because I believe the scripture does, especially for the elders. But at the same time, as elders, we need to be deflecting that and discipling our people to give the glory to Christ. You know, when they come up and say it was fire, we should understand that, listen, that, okay, God gave us the words. Obviously he used his spirit or it would have fell flat. And when it's horrible, it's not, it's not that we, we trust that God's word didn't go out, you know, and, and return void. We faithfully proclaim it and trust the Lord to do the work. And so it's not that you hit every note. It's not that your prayer wowed the crowd when you were called on. It's who are you speaking to? Whose glory is it about? It does not matter if Susie and Jim gave a rip about how you did it. It's who you do it for. And I think that makes all the difference. Who are you worshiping when you do all you do? As we're kind of running out of time here, I do want to um, kind of close out with some ways that we keep ourselves from falling into this. And we've touched on it all throughout this whole thing. And and it may be common sense, and it may be a super simple answer here. Um, But what are some ways, practical ways, that we can keep from falling into this temptation of idolatry? Well, I would say, remember that we are creatures of worship. Like we were created to worship. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe that, you can go to Neyland Stadium on a Saturday and watch 100,000 plus people worship. It's pretty crazy. And man, talk Uh, about... bad product. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about a God that cannot save (laughs) in any shape or form. For years. (laughs) It's bad at what it does. (laughs) Definitely can't do what God can do. We still go. go. And look, there's, once again, there's good ways to go enjoy a ball game. I will definitely say that. But there's a lot of people in that stadium and outside of it who worship the God of sport. And so it it helps us see we are creatures of worship. So look at the one who is worthy of the worship. Uh, Look to the heavens. Uh, As G just talked to our students last week, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. And so you can look up 
to the sky. You can look at creation and then look in the word and see what God has done. A lot of the times we don't worship God because we don't hear from God and we don't hear from God because we don't open his word. And so open God's word, hear who he is and hear what he's done and rejoice that God would in his infinite wisdom and mercy delight to make himself known to you and to me. Like, well, that should be a pause for worship there. So, uh, the, the big problem is a lot of people just go, well, worship's just not for me. No, you're created for it and you worship something. Uh, it, and so you're either worshiping an idol or you're worshiping God. And that's the big, that's the big thing that, that I would encourage people with. Well, the, the only thing I would add to that is, um, kind of what Gary alluded to when he's, when he was speaking there was his conviction, right? If you're not in Christ, if you've not repented of your sins and if you're not trusting in Jesus, all you'll do is idol worship, right? You, that's all you can do. You can do the greatest thing in this world, but it will not be for the glory of God. He will ultimately get the glory, but not, not in the way you think. Um, so what I would what I would first say is examine if you're in the spirit, if you're in Christ, and then he will lead you. He'll cut out those things that are sinful and those idols. He'll bring them to light. Just like our favorite example, like Nathan did to David, you're the man. And then what did David do? He was broken. Why? Because he was in Christ. He was a Christian. So if you've not turned from your sin, then don't expect conviction. But if you, if you seriously, if your heart has been broken over your sin, then turn to Christ and find freedom, freedom from all those idols, all the pressures of them, all the, all the emptiness of them and find fulfillment in Jesus. Uh, Just to wrap it up, I, I would say is, um, you know, there, like I said, there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says, and there's not just because we don't bow down and worship craven or carving images um, I we, thought you were going to say craven wings, and I'm I, like, come on, man. I was, don't no, I bring was up craven wings, G. It's early, man. I was <laughs> going there. We eat good there. Yeah, my, we, I, we, we like that place. Don't bring it up. My brother, my brother Sam, might, he might stop <laughs> attending here. <laughs> I was going there, and then I caught myself. Um, but now, uh, just because we don't worship carbon images, we do worship, um, and... Just like uh, the Apostle John says, be careful. Uh, be aware of idols. Be aware of idols in your life. Uh, like like we said, and um, not to beat a dead horse, but you know, it could be as simple as your cell phone. Um, be aware. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our encouragement to you is just to uh, ask God to reveal these things, to uh, reveal your heart, your mind, conversations, time, money, all of these things that we've kind of intertwined throughout our whole day today uh, as we're talking um, to bring those to light um, because these can truly be indicators of idolatry. And so we hope you were encouraged today um, as we've discussed this topic. As always, um, we are open uh, for any other extra conversation. So if you want to reach out to any of us, uh, to discuss further, like I said, we just barely scratched the top on such a huge topic and such a big part um, of our lives. Gentlemen, thank you uh, for being here with me today to discuss this topic. Um, Johnny, will you close us in prayer? Yeah. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that you are the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And um, I just, I thank you that you are the everlasting God. I thank you that you don't faint or grow weary, that your understanding is unsearchable, that you give power to the faint, and you increase um, those who have no strength. And And though that we might be weary and stumble and fall, we know that those who wait for you will be mounted up on wings like eagles. Um, And we know that you will carry us. And so help us, um, keep us from putting our eyes on worthless things. And we know that you you alone deserve all the honor, glory, and praise. We, I ask that you impress it upon our hearts. I ask that you impress it upon my heart specifically to believe and trust truly that every millisecond we spend worshiping you will be a millisecond not wasted. We know that we will not regret one moment that we spent devoting our time, effort, energy to glorifying you here on this earth. God, we must while we thank you for Jesus. We pray all these things in his name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 630 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.